Welcome to National Parks Traveler, where we explore the national parks and the issues that involve them. Hi, this is Kurt Repencheck, your host and the founder of the National Parks Traveler. When I launched the Traveler back in August of 2005, it was primarily to find stories that I could pitch to magazines. But the magazine world took a nosedive, while at the same time, readership on the Traveler continued to grow. Today, between two and a half and three million readers and listeners a year turn to the Traveler to learn more about the national park system, both its wonders and how it's being managed. Unfortunately, the Traveler hasn't been financially sustainable and can't continue unless we can attract the funding necessary to employ a small staff, upgrade IT resources, and allow us to tackle the growing number of critical stories that fall by the wayside because more and more news organizations are paring back or going totally out of business. Altogether, we need an annual budget of about $400,000. I'm joined today by Rebecca Latson, the Traveler's contributing photographer, and Lynn Riddick, who hosts many of our weekly podcasts. And their participation in pulling together the Traveler's editorial content has given them greater appreciation of the value of having a news organization that focuses solely on national parks and the National Park Service. Adventure awaits. Explore the beauty of our national parks with Explorer Maps. Whether you're captivated by the breathtaking landscapes of Yellowstone or the wild shores of Acadia, Explorer Maps has a perfect map to connect you to your favorite place. Visit explorermaps.com to find your next adventure. Interior Federal Credit Union is pleased to introduce our upcoming seven-month certificate special set to launch on November 1st, 2023. This limited-time offer features a competitive 5.75% annual percentage yield. It's a great way to make your savings work harder for you. Please note that this special rate is available for new funds only. If you've been exploring options to grow your savings, remember to mark November 1st on your calendar. We're here to help you achieve your financial goals. Apply for membership at interiorfcu.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Whether it be strategy, business planning, change management, board development, executive search, or diversity planning, Petrero Group is here to help. They mix a depth of experience in the parks and land space with a breadth of best practices from other industries. For more information or to schedule a preliminary conversation, go to potrerogroup.com. P-O-T-R-E-R-O group.com. The Everglades Foundation, the only organization whose sole mission is to restore and protect America's Everglades. Learn more at evergladesfoundation.org. Acadia National Park is one of the 10 most popular national parks in the United States. It's also one of the smallest and most vulnerable. That's why Friends of Acadia exists. Friends of Acadia is an independent organization of passionate people inspiring those who love this magnificent park to make a real and lasting difference for Acadia. You can make a difference at friendsofacadia.org. Welcome back to The Traveler, Becky and Lynn. Hi, Kurt. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well, but uh, I have to admit I'm, I'm a little concerned about um, the future of The Traveler. Um, it really has been an incredible ride for me these past 18 years covering national parks, protected areas, wildlife. Unfortunately, though, I'm not getting any younger, and uh, we really need to start planning for the future in terms of the next editorial generation for The Traveler. 
but we can't do that on a shoestring budget. Um, Kurt, when was it that you emailed a notice that the traveler may have to fold? You know, it was probably um, early November when I put up a story that, you know, the traveler was going to have to turn its lights off at the end of the year. And there was a great deal of concern voiced by readers and listeners uh, who contacted me either via email or contacted me, um, you know, on the phone and whatnot. And they were really concerned about what would happen if the traveler went out of business. I mean, who would provide the kind of coverage that the traveler's been providing? And um, yeah, I think they, they raise a valuable question. And you got so much feedback that that shifted your thought to, well, maybe it can be saved with a little extra effort, correct? Yeah, I mean, it's such a, a fun project to be associated with. I mean, I'm a professional journalist. I love national parks. Uh, the two of those go together so well. But at the same time, there are costs involved with running this type of news operation, um, you know, where a national quote-unquote news organization that operates on a shoestring. I mean, for the past uh, few years, we've never had more than, uh, say, $130,000, $140,000 a year to operate the traveler. And that includes, you know, paying me a small salary and then paying freelance writers and, and broadcasters and um, operating the traveler's IT operation. That's not to mention the upkeep or, I guess, the overhead. Because it wasn't until, Kurt, you had me start uh, uploading my own articles and helping you when you're on the road that I realized just how much work is involved in getting an article onto the site so people can access that article and read about it and see the photos. That that takes work, and it, it does. It takes some expense to keep those IT guys uh, helping you with this website. It really does. You know, for, for baby boomers, you know, we, we, grew, up, we grew up with a, a pad and pencil or a typewriter, and you didn't have a, a website in front of you that you can just churn into the, the copy into and put up the, the photos, the videos, and, and boom, there it is. Um, there's a lot of technology, 21st technology, that is not cheap. I mean, uh, IT guys like to get paid for the work that they do, and uh, you got to keep the electricity on and, and everything else that goes along with it. Yeah, and Kurt, I, I'll add this here. When you had indicated to me that you were thinking about turning the lights off at the Traveler, I was like, it, it can't be. You just can't do that. Because who would fill the void? Where would this information and news come from if it didn't come from you? And, and I like to point out, and I say this to everybody that I talk to about the work I do here, is that... The Traveler is a nonprofit, independent news organization that covers what's going on in the national parks and protected areas. And there are many other news organizations that cover stories about the national parks. Um, they're everywhere, but they are not usually able to drill down into some of the issues that the Traveler is able to focus on. Um, in a meaningful way um, for the long term. And so I know I speak for Becky uh, as well as myself is we got to keep this up. And I love that you are trying to find a way to, to keep it going um, because journalism as 
a lot of people are aware of is facing a sustainability crisis. And the National Parks Traveler is experiencing that as well. It's just, um, there's so many issues that have come at journalism, particularly print news media, but we fill a very important role in holding, we hold the powerful in government or business or nonprofits to account. And that's a very important role um, for democracy. We need the voice of journalists to provide independent, fair, balanced, accurate information. Otherwise, um, you know, the powers that be in business or government or other entities will just kind of go about their business and do what they want. And it seems kind of like a lofty goal when we're talking about uh, the national parks, but give us a little bit about the National Park Service and 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 how they are um, organized, how it is organized, and how that really has a lot to do with what's happening in Washington and in our own state governments. You know, and something else when we're talking about 21st century technology is artificial intelligence, and it is being used more and more in the creation of editorial content. Um, and not just in editorial content, but in advertising. I mean, there was a story earlier this week that the National Republican Congressional Committee released an advertisement using images generated by artificial intelligence to show national parks being overrun by immigrants. You know, it's just crazy, the, the technology and the sleight of hand that can be played out there. And if you lose editorially independent journalism to investigate these stories and to write about these stories, not with artificial intelligence, but with live um, breathing and uh, living beings, I, I think we're all going to go down the rabbit hole of misinformation. People tend to not realize what they've lost or what they had until it's gone. And if the traveler sunsets, and is gone, uh, who's going to hold these agencies to account? And that bothers me because then people will only hear what they want us to hear. You know, for instance, when there was all that graffiti and trash in Joshua Tree National Park, the traveler broke that story. I wouldn't have known about it had it not been for the traveler. So what's going to happen if the traveler is gone, people just aren't going to hear about it. They're going to have these rose-colored glasses on and think that everything is hunky-dory. And it may not be, but they won't know until maybe it's too late. I hate to be the voice of gloom and doom here, but that's my mindset. Well, you know, independent outlets are crucial, um, as you guys are indicating, uh, especially in this era of social media and reposting of all kinds of stuff that may or may not be true. You know, Kurt, what the example that you just gave on, you know, immigrants running into the national parks, um, that is a little scary. There's a lot of examples of things like that out there. And news outlets are being yielded to political actors or individuals with business interests or disinformation, and it, it, it is all serving to dwindle public trust. 
And we need organizations that uphold that public trust that people can turn to and know that they're getting reliable information. And, and, and that's what the traveler does. And that's what you've been doing for many years. And we just have to figure out a way to convey this to our listeners and our readers so that they want to support us in meaningful ways. And, uh, and you do so many great things. Some of the, the stories that you cover, Kurt, are really remarkable. And like we were saying, uh, not necessarily covered by anybody else. No, and, and one thing that I, I, I really make want to make clear is while I am the founder of National Parks Traveler and have been guiding it for 18 years, it has become an entity in its own right, and it needs to move forward and take on a new generation of editors um, to bring in additional perspectives and, and greater coverage. You know, it's funny, some years ago when I first embarked on a a freelance writing career, um, I was talking to a friend um, who worked in conservation circles, and I was wondering why, you know, the National Park Service, the National Park System, wasn't getting more more advocates out there. And the response was, because everybody believes things in the National Park System and the National Park Service are fine and doing great. And, you know, you can say for the most part, they are. But on the other side of the coin, you've got overcrowded parks, you've got Park Service employees who are struggling for housing, who aren't getting paid what they're worth. There are just so many issues out there, um, issues related to climate change, to wildfires, to invasive species. Everything is not fine with the national parks. And we need an organization that continues, a media organization that continues to raise these issues because Congress has to take greater interest in the National Park System and the National Park Service. You know, we're talking a lot about the importance of the traveler in drilling down and writing these deep dive stories about climate change and invasive species. But, you know, at the same time, the traveler is about everything, basically, National Park, National Park System, the units, lands. So, you know, in addition to all these deep dive stories, you've got other fun stuff that where are you going to find this other kind of stuff all in one package, all on one website, you know, quizzes and book reviews and op-eds and, uh, of course, photo columns and, uh, you know, trail description, hiking trail descriptions. Your trails I've hiked description of Blue Mesa Trail in Petrified National Forest or petrified, <laughs> petrified Forest National Park was what got me to decide to take that trail when I was there for about a day and a half during my move from Texas to Washington State. So there are so many things in addition to all these important deep dive stories that you've been writing as well. And then, of course, there are the podcasts. Those are fun to listen to. You know, you're absolutely right, Becky. There is so much content out there on the national parks to write about. And the, the mainstream legacy media, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the LA Times, they only seem to get involved when there's a, a disaster like the flooding at Yellowstone or uh, wildfires entering Yosemite National Park. And we cover those issues too, but we also go off the beaten path, so to speak, to, to little known but just as valuable units of the National Park System, places like you know Fort Larned National Historic Site, Tallgrass Prairie National Preserve, um, Homestead National Historical Park of America, 
And Waco Mammoth on, National Waco Monument. Mammoth, yeah. <laughs> and Lyndon Baines Johnson um, National Historic Site. There are so many unique places in the national park system that have their stories that deserve to be told. And, you know, we've been we've been asking readers and listeners for the past three weeks to to step up and, and help support the traveler because the support that you give us is returned in the content that you enjoy and it allows us to do greater content. At the opening of this podcast, I said that there was roughly two and a half million to three million readers and listeners a year that reach out to the traveler. Um, it might only be, you know, a handful of times a year. There might be readers who check in every day of the year. But out of those two and a half to three million readers and listeners, if we had 4,000, just 4,000 sign up to make $10 a month or $120 a year investment in the traveler, we would be financially solid and we could expand and we could grow our coverage and we could bring you so many more stories on a regular basis as opposed to stringing it out over the year. You know, that is a very reasonable ask, $10, especially when you factor in that many news organizations have had to resort to paywalls where you have to pay a monthly subscription to read the articles. And that is how these organizations are staying afloat. And I certainly um, support that decision of organizations to do that because they need to stay in business. We need that information. And I subscribe to several myself, but it's really nice that the traveler hasn't had to do that. And so if we can keep on going through individual donations or some corporate donations, um, we can continue to keep the traveler free to anybody who wants to pop in on the website or listen to a podcast. And I, I, I think that's a great idea if, if we can have a big round of support of just 10 bucks each would really go a long way. You know, you mentioned organizations and foundations, Lynn, and absolutely, there are so many organizations out there that are in the outdoor industry business that look forward to national parks and all the things that can be done in national parks that tie their advertising around what you can do with their products in national parks. And we could really use their support because as we've been talking during this podcast, there's so much news and information tied to the national parks that people need to know about. And it's really important, you know, to, to provide these stories, whether they're touching on how Congress funds the national park service, which goes directly to the housing that Park Service employees are, are given to live in or don't have to live in, it all ties in together, all these stories. And, you know, we talk about not just the managerial issues of the Park Service, but we talk about the wonders of the National Park Service. Um, you know, Carlsbad Cave, um, Shenandoah National Park, Virgin Islands National Park, and all the interesting, unique features of each one of these places that attract visitors who want to buy perhaps a, you know, a new, a new tent, a new sleeping bag. And so as important as it is to advertise goods tied to the national park system, I think it's really important to support a news organization that broadens the public's information and knowledge about the national parks. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that the traveler offers very distinctive content and the benefits to society are immense, um, not just to the park-going public, which grows every year, but to society as a whole, because parks offer 
places of refuge for wildlife, for populations of birds and mammals to reproduce and thrive in a safe place. And, uh, you know, just all of the flora and fauna that allow us to have just beautiful sites in the country. So it, it is a benefit. Um, well, the traveler provides a, a, a focus area for all these really cool things about all these different national parks. I uh, was looking at one of the comments the other day, and I can't remember which traveler article it was, but the commenter said that he is a teacher. And he uses the the articles in the National Park Traveler when he's teaching about various and sundry things pertaining to national parks, pertaining to the environment. So the National Parks Traveler, in addition to all these deep dive stories, also is a repository for education that can be used by and passed on, uh, used by readers and passed on by those readers to their classes or to other people, their family, friends, colleagues, just like this one teacher is doing on behalf of his students. He's using the National Parks Traveler. He's not using some other big name magazine. He's using the Traveler and the articles and the podcasts that are found on the Traveler and probably nowhere else. You know, over the years, um, we've gotten a few complaints that um, there's too much political coverage on the Traveler. And unfortunately, you can't have national parks without politics. And, you know, politics, politicians, you know, it's what funds the national park system. It's what funds the national park system. And it goes directly to how the national parks are managed. And we exist to try and raise the issues. And, and yes, they might be political by their very nature. But if the general public isn't aware of these issues, whether it's the state of feral horses at Cumberland Island National Seashore or the state of feral horses at Theodore Roosevelt National Park, the public deserves a right to know how these issues are being managed. Because if they don't know, they can't raise their voices to their Congress, uh, congressional delegation to put in their two cents as far as how these issues should be managed. Yeah. When we go to a national park or a national historical park or a national seashore, we have expectations of, you know, certain things, um, we like to know that the park is staffed, that the park store is open, that the restaurants are open, that there are interpretive rangers and park rangers there to help us to do presentations. And all of those are impacted by budget. And we do a good job of covering those kind of issues at the traveler. And it, it, it's good to know that there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes of the national parks. So many things that make our experiences there pleasant. And so the traveler does cover so many issues and they bring so many issues and programs and things to light that we might not otherwise know of. And I think that's just a really great benefit of being a uh, National Parks Traveler reader or listener. And I certainly appreciate the fact that there's no paywall. I, paywalls drive me up the wall, so to speak. And, you know, I may only want to read one article, but if if I encounter a paywall, no matter how worthy 
the news agency is. And I also subscribe to several newspapers. But if I encounter a paywall right when I really want to read that article and I can't get into it, that annoys me. And then I just turn away and I don't want to go back to it. So the fact that the traveler doesn't have a paywall is even if I wasn't volunteering and contributing for the traveler, if I was just basically reading it, I really appreciate the fact that it still doesn't have a paywall and that hopefully that can continue. You know, in the past, we've had outside consultants who have suggested that, well, you should go to a subscription service and to to encourage people to subscribe, that we should put stuff behind a paywall to give them a little something extra that their money supports. And I really disagree with that because the national parks belong to all of us. And we all need to understand the issues that revolve around the national parks. And it shouldn't just be um, the few who decide to subscribe. Um, The whole idea behind our fund drives that we hold throughout the year is to gain support of those readers and listeners who agree with us that this information should be free for everyone to read and understand and increase their knowledge about the issues involving the national parks and the National Park Service. And may I also add that we don't drive our readers crazy with pop-up ads? (laughs) Can't stand them. Kurt, what are some of the articles that you're most proud of from the past year, say? You know, Lynn, I think... There's a bunch of articles that I, I'm uh, proud of um, that The Traveler has produced out there. Certainly, I, I love our podcast series. I mean, every week of the year, I, I can't think of any news organization that devotes every single week of the year to, to national parks coverage in a podcast. Um, beyond that, you know, recently we did a story about the plight of the Park Service employee and the struggles that they're having with um, a lack of housing and being underpaid and leadership issues. You know, no other, no other organization has written about that in such detail. Um, you know, I like the, um, the package, the year-long package on invasive species um, that are impacting the national parks and the successes that the National Park Service is having in battling those issues. I mean, it's not all doom and gloom at the Traveler. I mean, we, we'd love to hear a good story about what the Park Service is accomplishing, and there's lots of them out there. I mean, the decision over at Cape Hatteras National Seashore to find a way to fund acquisition of houses that are going to fall into the Atlantic Ocean if they're not moved. And, you know, when a house falls into the Atlantic Ocean, there's a lot of hazardous waste that go along with it. You know, I could go on and on, Lynn. I mean, for for the past four years, we've been able to have a year-end package on threatened and endangered parks at risk from myriad threats whether it's climate change or light pollution, to insufficient funding. Um, Of course, we've pursued answers about the many fees that recreation.gov is charging. And I'll have to say that, you know, one of the roles of the traveler is to to bring these issues to national light. And our coverage of the recreation.gov fee debacle, that attracted the Wall Street Journal to do a story that mirrored ours um, a month after our story came out. Air tour management plans, why do some parks say air tours don't belong overhead because they invade the natural um, environment while other um, parks are happy to have those flights overhead? There's just uh, so many stories um, year in, year out 
that um, are really important that the public needs to know about. You know, one other one other story, um, ladies, is our recent coverage of Big Cypress National Preserve and the years-long efforts by um, commercial interests to drill for oil in the National Preserve. It's really ironic to me that the state of Florida and the federal government are spending billions of dollars to restore the river of grass. They've spent millions of dollars raising the Tamiami Trail to allow the natural flow of water to go beneath that road that runs from Naples to Miami. And at the same time, the National Park Service has allowed an oil company to send out trucks weighing 30 tons across the surface of Big Cypress National Preserve searching for oil. And a lot of that exploration occurred back in 2017 and 2018. And the damage from that work has not been totally mitigated. We still have ruts and diversions of water that should be flowing along with the river of grass on its natural pathways. I mean, the irony that that is being allowed to occur at Big Cypress National Preserve is incredible. What would people think if 30-ton trucks headed out across the Hayden Valley in Yellowstone National Park to search for oil? It just boggles the imagination. These are some of the important stories that the public needs to know about. I know I'd be up in arms if some 30-ton vehicle went out into the Hayden Valley or the Lamar Valley in Yellowstone. So I can't imagine why the people who love Everglades and that kind of environment and the locals out there would be any less up in arms because of what's occurring or what occurred at Big Cypress. You know, the tagline for the National Parks Traveler is essential coverage for essential places. And I strongly believe in that. I mean, we need nature. We need wildlife, healthy populations of wildlife. We need places to go recreate, to recharge our our batteries, as it were. And, you know, you've all heard it that, you know, there's plenty of science out there that shows how much nature affects our well-being. We need it to survive as human beings. And to ask for a $10 donation every month, $120 a year, to enable the traveler to stay online and to continue to bring you these stories, I don't think it's a terribly big ask. I don't think so either. A little bit would go a long way in helping us maintain the um, mission and the efforts that Kurt started so long ago. And I think that one look at the content that uh, is provided on the traveler is just so affirming in um, your feeling like the issues in the parks are are given the right kind of attention they need, at least from you know a public point of view. Know what's going on in the national parks, and things change, and the traveler facilitates those things. So, Kurt, what other kind of feedback did you get when you were announcing that the traveler may be closing? You know, I, I've talked to people privately, and and also on the traveler, we've gotten some great comments from from readers out there. Um, Nothing is free, wrote Philip Buto. There is an operational cost to keeping the National Parks Traveler going. There is also a cost of shuttering the National Parks Traveler. Not only will we lose the fantastic content and coverage of our national parks, the national parks will lose one of its strongest advocates. The Traveler provides good, honest advocacy for our national parks and speaks on behalf of all of us who love the parks, America's greatest idea. 
Um, there was another one from Josh Flory, who said the traveler is an invaluable source of information on so many levels. Personally, I use it for trip planning and to keep abreast of the news and politics surrounding these special places. I also appreciate its role as watchdog, holding public officials accountable for decisions that adversely impact the parks and the resources. And then this is a really interesting addition that he made in his comment. Professionally, I use the traveler's content in my middle school science classroom. The website is an invaluable collection of reliable articles and resources my students can use to deepen their understanding of and appreciation for their national parks. I mean, I couldn't have written anything better, um, but it just goes to, to speak to the wide reach that the traveler has and how different people view it differently and benefit from it in different ways. Right. And the fact that they took the time to write those letters really uh, shows their passion for what is uh, what the traveler is all about. And that's that's huge. So right now we're several weeks into this fundraising plea and um, we've seen some great results. Hopefully the, the giving that we've seen in the first couple of weeks of this fund drive will continue and be built upon so we can continue the traveler beyond my retirement, beyond 2024 and long into the future. Because as we all know, the public loves America's national parks. More and more parks are being added to the national park system. More and more stories exist out there and are waiting to be told. And we love that there's no paywall and we love that there's no pop-up ads. And we love all the folks that have contributed in the past. And we look forward to having uh, a whole lot of new people come forward and support the traveler. So hopefully you'll agree with what we've said today. And if you do, please go to nationalparkstraveler.org. There's a donate button at the upper right-hand corner of the menu bar. We really need your support, and we really appreciate your support. For The Traveler, this is Kurt Rappencheck. See you in the parks. Full of stunning photography and thought-provoking reads, Smokey's Life is a biannual magazine produced by Great Smoky Mountains Association. Members receive it free of charge each spring and fall, and it is available for purchase in retail stores throughout Great Smoky Mountains National Park and online at smokiesinformation.org. Washington State is graced with three spectacular national parks, each different and special in their own unique ways. As the official nonprofit partner and the only philanthropic organization dedicated exclusively to supporting these parks through charitable contributions, Washington's National Park Fund has a mission to raise private support to deepen everyone's love for, understanding of, and experiences in Mount Rainier, North Cascades, and Olympic National Parks. Share your passion for these parks at WNPF.org. The Yosemite Conservancy helps visitors connect with Yosemite through adventures, volunteering, and the arts. It's the only nonprofit dedicated to supporting Yosemite National Park and funds grants to improve trails, restore habitat, protect wildlife, and inspire the next generation of nature lovers. Learn more at yosemite.org. The Grand Teton National Park Foundation is a private, nonprofit organization that supports projects that protect and enhance Grand Teton National Park's cultural, historic, and natural resources. By funding initiatives that go beyond what the National Park Service could accomplish on its own, Foundation donors improve the visitor experience and provide benefits to the national park system for decades to come. 
You can see their successes at gtnpf.org. The Blue Ridge Parkway Foundation is the primary nonprofit fundraising partner for the Blue Ridge Parkway. It is made up of people who have a deep love for this majestic road and want to ensure that its natural beauty and the experiences it offers endure for generations to come. Show your appreciation at brpfoundation.org. The composers and musicians at Orange Tree Productions have created a unique collection known as the National Park Series that has grown to include more than 30 CD titles. Composed against the backdrop of a park's sounds of nature, these musical scores will connect you with these beautiful places and take you there, at least in your mind. This collection is the number one selling National Park audio series in the world and provides the background music for National Parks Travelers podcasts. Visit them at orangetreeproductions.com. Editing and production work for the National Parks Traveler podcast is done by Splitbeard Productions. You can learn more about us at splitbeardproductions.com. National Parks Traveler is a 501c3 nonprofit media organization that provides daily editorial coverage of national parks and protected areas. Traveler's coverage is made possible by reader and listener donations. Visit us at nationalparkstraveler.org.